really need to get together and let our voices be heard. This is Buffalo What's Next. I'm Jay Moran. I'm Bridget Jaipal Valenza. And I'm Thomas O'Neill White. After May 14th, how can we afford not to talk about race? About education, about segregation, about humanity. Since the dawn of this nation, racial violence has existed. The way we have designed our society has a big hand in what occurred in that Topps market. The suburban area everywhere, we must work and teach our children. We need to make sure that we put more funding in our programs that help prevent gun violence and more money into art. We're going to have some real healing. We've got to have space to tell some uncomfortable truths. Hello, I'm producer Lorenzo Rodriguez, and welcome to today's episode of Buffalo, What's Next? On today's program, I'll speak with Vietnam War veteran and proud Puerto Rican John Sanabia. He joins us to tell us about the Borinconeers, the 65th Infantry of the U.S. Army that was comprised of mainly Puerto Rican servicemen. But first, we'll hear from Damon Young and Sister Madge Whiskey. As a mother, Sunday school teacher, foster care mother, and a pillar of the community, both Damon and Sister Madge have decided to continue the spirit of giving that their loved one, Pearl Young, instilled at their local parish of Good Samaritan Church. Here's Angelie Preston with them. We have Sister Madge Whiskey. Uh, you are at the Good Samaritan Church of God in Christ. Yes. And we have Damon Young, whose mother is Pearl Young. How are you, Damon? I'm doing okay today. Madge, I want to start with you first. You took over uh, Mrs. Pearl's duties at the church. Can you explain what she did at the church? Okay, I met Mrs. Pearl. It's ironical, so let me give a little introduction to the first time I saw her. I came out of the train station at the corner of Humboldt and Main Street, and I was walking on the viaduct to get over to Kensington, and there was this lady standing with a sign that said, stop. So I stopped. And then I said, what's with the sign? She says, well, when anyone sees the sign and stop, I take that opportunity to tell them about Christ. And then she looked at me and said, I don't think I need to tell you, you look like a Christian. So I said, I sure am. I said, but this is a unique way of evangelizing. So she will stand at that corner with that stop sign that says stop. And she used that as a, a tool to introduce people to Christ. Little did I know that a few years later, both of us would be members at the same church. How long ago was that? This mm. was almost 30 years ago. Wow. I was with Kojic, and then I decided to go over to Bishop's church, Bishop Young's church on Leroy, walk into the church and saw this. I said, that's a woman with a stop sign. So from then, you know, we connected. She was over what is called our missionary board. That's where all the women who are missionary, she was over us. Sister Pearl was a go-getter. She was a ball of fire. <laughs> she was the missionary president. She was the Sunday school teacher. She was the soup maker. She was everything. She did everything in the church. And, you know, we connected um, we started to work together in ministry. It's tragic what has happened because it has affected our church. She was not just a member of Good Samaritan. Her late husband 
was the assistant pastor of Good Samaritan. And that's your father, right? And Damon? that's yes. yes, Damon's father. And he also was the brother of the present bishop, Glenwood H. Young. So it's not that she was, and I, I'm saying this very cautiously, just a member, but she was one of the founding members of Good Samaritan Church. And she taught Sunday school to the children, right? Yes, she did. How was it navigating? Um, how did the children feel? Sister Pearl, let me break it down this way. In Sunday school, there are different age groups and classes. So you have the little ones, you have the beginners, you have primary, you have preteen, teen, adults. So you may have a category of five different classes with five different teaching manuals. Sister Pearl will study every lesson for every age group. So when she comes into Sunday school, she's normally with the little ones. But if something happened and the teens are there and they don't have a teacher, she knew what their lesson was because she already studied it. So she can go teach them. And she not only taught Sunday school, she was also the soup maker. So a lot of the children like going to the Sunday school because they know she will have soup for them <laughs> after Sunday school. <laughs> so that's where the idea of the food pantry and soup kitchen came from because she just loved making soup and giving it out to the children. Damon, do you remember your, like when you were growing up with your mom, do you like remember her being involved in church? Like Absolutely. Oh yeah, it's, yes. And she would ta tag me along with her to be involved as well um, when I was younger. So I do remember it. And I just, um, like Sister Whiskey said, I don't really see, I didn't never really see a change in her energy is what I can say for the church. Um, she just always wanted to be doing something um, with the kids. She uh, always like brought them breakfast stuff uh before Sunday school and I remember seeing one of the younger kids whose grandmother um, is one of my friend's grandmother so this is this young boy's great-grandmother and I come to church for Mother's Day and got up and spoke about my mom and then I saw the young boy the next day he's like I didn't know that Mama Pearl was your mom and I'm like yeah man I, you know that's my mom she gave me honey buns all the time <laughs> and you know but it was like that you know it was the relation like that you know we come in we come into Sunday school we're going to be taught fed nurtured and that's just you know really what my mom was to me and even continue to be this would be the most powerful female voice for me that I would listen to. I have to, it's 100% certain. So, um, you know, I miss her presence. I miss her guidance still. I would listen to my mom go to for her advice. It sounds like mm -hmm. she was a mother to the community. Mm -hmm. So what, because um, you mentioned that she cooked, she liked to cook soup. Um, was there like a dish or something that like you loved that like she always made sure that you had? Like what was what was something that your mom cooked that nobody else could make? Well, I, this was me and her dish was the ambrosia. Oh. The ambrosia salad? <laughs> yes, like I love ambrosia. Oh I my it. god. It's just I could eat it for days and to me it get better after it sit actually for a day or two. So I, that was me and her favorite dish and um we've Brought some at Tops. It's been other times people have made some, and I mean, we just both used to just sit down and like critique it. And 
well, you know, it's not like how mine is. So that's one. That's will be my favorite dish that she made. That I just don't think nobody else can make it. <laughs> and if I could piggyback on that, what um, Damon said, that was the dish she brought to every cook-up we have at church. So just and know that everybody will be Sister Pearl's ambrosia. <laughs> she going to bring that ambrosia salad. Yes, yes. <laughs> I want to talk about um, your mom's community service because she's been doing this. She's She was in the in, in the community for years uh, with her soup kitchen um, and, and feeding people. Um, can you both talk uh, more about that? Uh, Damon, we'll start with you. Well, I just clearly, I would just remember my mom from, was it Dewey Street? Did it start Leroy and then go to Dewey or was it Dewey Street first? I just, my mom was just always volunteering at the, at the, uh, it's the church pantry is what it was, the Good Samaritan Pantry. And she just always volunteered there and they fed the community and brought things to the community um, on a weekly basis. I got to Good Samaritan. <laughs> it was already in operation. Mm -hmm. She has been part of that pantry every Saturday morning. And if I can just go back a little mm -hmm. to bring um, his dad in, Elder Oliver. Bishop, he's still saying up to today, how long has your father passed away? 2013, I believe. In 2013. And up to today, Bishop Young still misses his father because of the fact Elder Oliver which was Sister Pearl's husband, was everything at Good Samaritan. He will go shovel the snow, open the door, do the prayer service. So what happened? God brought two people together that meshed with their commitment, first of all, to Christ and their commitment to their church. So Sister Pearl worked neck and neck with her husband. So every Saturday, she would be at that food pantry she made sure she prayed first. When the people come in, she used the opportunity to tell them about Jesus before they could get their box of food. She would say, let me tell you something about Jesus. And then she would give the, and she has, she did that ever since I said, I'm in Good Samaritan about 30 years now. And I met her doing that every Saturday morning. As Damon said, and I alluded to earlier, um, she made sure the kids at the church was fed. Um, she was my three sons, grandsons rather, Sunday school teacher. And when they asked the children at the church when the tragedy happened, what you miss m most about Mother Pearl, they said, we miss her feeding us <laughs> in church. You know, so she has impacted the lives of every one of us at Good Samaritan and beyond. If you could have had other people come in here, you would have heard um, the testimony of her traveling across America doing evangelism work. Right now we are at, this is one of our sad points at Good Samaritan because every year for the Easter service, she would do the crucifixion as a monologue by herself every year. So Bishop didn't even have to ask. She said, I'm ready. And she will go up there and recite that whole crucifixion. And I remember one year, my grandson was on the drums. And she liked when it, when it reached the path. And they nailed him to the cross. 
she liked them to rattle the drum. And he wasn't doing it. And she said, do it, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> you know. And then, you know, so she's pounding the nails in and she wants the drum to be going. Nail them to the cross. So we are gonna miss that. Because that has been gone from our church. That's something we look. It's if you want to call it a tradition, but it was a good tradition. Everybody, Sister Pearl is gonna do the crucifixion. And um, when we were putting together what our plans are for her foundation, one of the evangelists that she traveled a lot with, um, District Missionary Virtus Griffin, she said, did you forget she was also in the arts, that she loved writing poems? You know, and not just writing them, but reciting them. She, she has a degree from, a, what is it, University of Buffalo, right? Yes. So she loved that. And the, and the thing that got me, when Elder Oliver passed away, her husband, she sat with him every day, literally. And I said to her, I said, um, well, Sister Pearl, you know, you're going to be home now. Your routine has been broken. What about coming and, you know, working for me in my daycare? So she came. We fought a lot, you know. We, 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 always, <laughs> we always get into it. We fought and we make up. Oh, that was my girl. That's what sisters do, you know? <laughs> yes. That's what sisters do. And um, she worked with me for a while, and then one day she came back and she said, um, Sister Whiskey, I'm going back to the schools. I said, no, you're not, because she was both a substitute teacher, and she always go to the schools that were challenged because she figured those children might have been overlooked, so she wanted to be there for them. And then I said, are you sure, Sister Paul? She said, yeah, I'm going back. She said, but I'm only going for two days. So I'll let you know. She called me and said, I did put in for two days, but now I'm going for five. So she went back to Emerson. And when the tragedy happened, she was still at Emerson. And there was a child in my daycare who didn't know she was part of the Jefferson 10. So he walked into school and he saw her picture up on the wall. He broke down and he called me. So they all called me, Grandma. Grandma, was Sister Pearl part of the Emerson 10? I said, I mean, the Jackson 10? I said, yes. He said, what? I said, what happened? He said, her picture is up on the school wall. And the children, they said the children were just there crying because she was stern, but she was loving. She was disciplined, but she knew how to reach them how to relate to them, even though she was 70, how much? She could have still, she, right, she could have still get in there with the kids, talk to them. When they get, she, she would tell the teachers and the principal, put me in the detention room. So those who are placed in detention, she would be there with them. So she has impacted a lot of lives, not just our church community, but a wider community. The school she was at, um, Olmstead, the one on 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 Delaware. It is. She was at one on Delaware. She Chip was on that Delaware one. And Chippewa, right. She was, she was there. The last so one she was at. Because right. it used to be on Sycamore. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then they moved it down near Hutch mm -hmm. Tech. Right. And she was the one on on Suffolk too. Because we were concerned. I'm like, Sister Paul, I don't think you should go back, at your age. She says, I'm, I'm going back. And I remember she fell down the stairs at Emerson. Mm. And she called me and she said, um, um, Sister Whiskey, I fell down the stairs at school. 
I said, so what are you going to do? You need to come. You want me to come over? Oh, I'll be all right. Just a hand. And then after about a week or so, she went back out to school. I'm like, what are you doing? You should not go back to school. She said, those kids need me. They need me. So that's, that's the Pearl Young that was taken away from us. The Pearl Young that led us as missionaries every other Tuesday night, you know, teaching us something, implementing different programs and series so that we could keep our every other Tuesday night excited, you know. Um, one of the last things she did was the, the, the churches of Revelation, and she had each of us teach on one of the churches. So she had a study, and you had to know what church. So if you're Philadelphia or Sardis or whatever, you better come with information. That's the type of person she was. Damon, um, do you have children of your own? I do. If you don't mind uh, sharing, how has it been for your family and for your children uh, dealing with the loss of their grandmother? Uh, it's been really hard for them to, um, pro- I would say the processing has been the hardest for the for the kids because they just, uh, they and then there was a video out on it. So, I mean, these younger kids was just, I mean, repeatedly watching it. And so, you know, and then they want to come to you as the adult and then you hurting. So, I mean, this was devastating. I mean, it was. I don't know, really know the way to explain it. And, you know, we just try to stay together and talk. And a lot of my kids don't live in Buffalo. Um, so they had to fly in, you know, for the funeral and stuff and stay as long as they, they can. But, you know, they have other work obligations in the state they live in. And so how I try to deal with it is just stay in contact with them. And they'll all be up this year for the um, memorial or whatever we're going to do. But, I mean, it's been hard. And, you know, even amongst the, I'll take it even amongst the siblings, just, you know, I'm, our mom, our my brothers and sisters, it's just been uh, rough taking it all in and sticking together and, you know, presenting a united front at all times um, through a painful situation where, I mean, like I'm the court representative from the, for the family. So, like, I mean, I'm just constantly in there, constantly around this person. Um, and it's, you know, like I say again, it's just hard to just put it all together as to, you know, how could that be my mom ending that way? Like it's, I mean, it's still unexplainable. I still cry a lot. And I just, you know, it's just something I can't figure out. I can't figure it out spiritually, no way. Um, mentally, emotionally, so. How do you um, keep your composure? Um, um, because you did say you're the, the court representative. So um, I assume that you were at the sentencing um, how did you not just wanna wanna lunge at him like Catherine Massey's, um, I believe it was uh, her nephew? How? Well, because I look at myself as a representative of her, a representation of um, of how she would be, and I feel if something like that happened to me, my mom would be hurt. But I don't think I, she would outburst in the courtroom, and so I. In that regard, I attempt to follow her her lead. Um, I definitely would love to. <laughs> that would make the most sense to me, that opportunity. But 
Um, I wouldn't want to disgrace her, and I just don't want, you know, I mean, I was right there when that happened, and it's embarrassing, you know, to just see this man, like, protected, like, better than presidents and stuff like that, and so as soon as the person lunged at him, I mean, they got him right up, pew, it took two seconds. Yeah. And so to watch that and, you know, you kind of tie it in if you a little more knowledgeable about what's happening in society and like just how like young black men get tortured out here by law enforcement but um these mass shooters it's it's almost like they got a magic uh, something with them where they just lay down the gun and that's it like they kill everybody they want to kill and then you know and then we as society then take the appropriate legal measures from there and um, but i just don't see a lot of other complexion people getting that same result when they run into law enforcement. I want to talk about uh, your mother raising you for a minute because you you brought up a great point about being a black man um, and being a black man in America. Did your mother ever have conversations with you and your brother um, about uh, there's like this the talk that a lot of black parents have with their children about when you meet with the police or when the police stop you how to act or, or don't do this um did your mom ever have those talks with you and your brother really i would say it was my dad that had the talks of just respecting law enforcement you know when when you approach them um so my mom we, we grew up right around the Canisius college area so we are automatically from the time we were young were mixing with other cultures and other people because the college students rent houses on the street and you know we I wouldn't say that my mom ever had a talk had a talk with us it was just I would say I had the talks because I used to go for example I would go down south where she grew up at me and my sister and they still had segregated pools so this would be about the 80s for us when we were 7 and we would go down to the part she grew up in. And I remember I would go with my grandmother. So I was young and I always had a big mouth. So I came back with tons of questions. But I do remember my cousin telling me that, um, you know, you know, this is not our pool here in uh, Alabama. Really? Serious, yeah. In the 80s? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I went back home because it wasn't like that in Buffalo. You know, you go to Shoshone, this white and black kids, you know, everybody's mixing it. And, you know, my mom was just like, yeah, you know, things is different, you know. And that's probably the biggest talk we had because it wasn't visible growing up where I was at, really. Um, why did your mom move up here from um, Alabama? Was it like her family? Did she come up here like with her parents or? Well, I think it, it might have been some home issues that, you know, she um, from my understanding of speaking with her that she wanted to probably would be better served for her to get away from and explore her options better in life by getting out of a very, very small town um, this where she grew up at. And so I think kind of that's what really triggered her, a combination of those two things. And she made her way to Buffalo by way of Connecticut. So Connecticut right. stopped first. Oh, so she stopped, so she stopped in, yeah. that's farther up north than, than mm -hmm. here. <laughs> and then what's ironical is that when she moved from Alabama to Connecticut, she met her husband's sister. So she she met your auntie in uh, in Connecticut. In Connecticut, and her and his aunt, mm -hmm. which is Bishop's sister, was a nurse there. And then they decided both they come into Buffalo. So, so she came to Buffalo 
with that aunt and and you know a little later I'll give that story with the tragic day and her connection with that aunt and um, they came and it so happened the aunt introduced her to her brother and they got married which is your dad <laughs> yes <laughs> yes but it's so I mean every one of us at Good Samaritan is still affected as Damon says um I cannot comprehend what he's going through, what Pam is going through, what James is going through. And the thing about it is that the, the three of them, I had connections with them. I had connections with James. He happened to be my grandson's coach, track coach. So they travel all over America with James. I had connection with Pam because she herself is an evangelist missionary and she grew up in the same church that I came with with her mother. But um, Pearl and, and Gloria, which is her sister-in-law, they were very close. They did almost everything together. Every Sunday they went out to dinner after church, you know. And um, that same Saturday, there was a prayer breakfast and they both went to the poor breakfast. And they said it was so heartwarming to see. Pearl Young is in a poor breakfast, getting up and praising God and doing her spiritual dance in the poor breakfast. And then the week prior to that, we had our workers meeting. And two things were significant, and Bishop always speak about it. Each of us, whether we like to or not, we have our little special seat in church. So she has her little special seat that she sat. I sit two rows behind her. But for that workers meeting, the jurisdictional workers meeting, she was on the other side of the church. And they say every night of that service, she was up in that service just praising God and dancing. And they say people were looking, some people taped her. They say, we know Sister Pearl like to shout and dance, but it's something this week. She is shouting every night. And then come the Saturday at the prayer breakfast. It carried over. When they left the prayer breakfast, she told her sister-in-law, Gloria, I need to go buy tops. So she said, I normally go buy the tops on Main, but since you are coming up Jefferson, drop me at the one on Jefferson. So Gloria said to her, you know, I'm tired. So what you want to do? Me wait. Well, she said, no, you going home because you're tired. So I could either take the Jefferson bus because it's on my route, or I could take a nice walk, right? I want the public to understand. Damon said it. And even though I'm a Christian and I'm a minister, there are some things I still don't understand. That day at that Jefferson Tops, there was Gloria, who is Pearl's sister-in-law, in the car. There was another member of Good Samaritan who Sister Pearl stood up and talked to in the tops. So Gloria left, Sister Makar left, but Pearl was shot. Do I understand why? No. Maybe after wait till I get to heaven for God to explain that one to me. But one thing that I'm sure about, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know she made it to heaven. And because I knew her lifestyle, and it's as though God was giving us 
that last vision of her, Sister Pearl, you know, and she had a favorite scripture verse. She said that almost every time she get up mm -hmm. before she finished week, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Every time Sister Pearl get up, she has to quote that scripture. I just quote, spoke a couple of weeks ago at our church, and I had to quote the scripture in memory of Sister Pearl because it has affected us so much. As I said, my seat, I sit like two rows behind where she sat, and I keep looking at that spot, and I'm saying, are you really gone? Would one day I'm going to see you walking up here and somebody say, oh, it was a hoax. But she is gone. She is missed. And there's not a day that has gone by, not a service that has gone by. Sometimes, sometimes our service is high, and everybody's praising God in church, and somebody will go, oh, if Sister Pearl was here, if Mother Pearl was here, she's missed. You know, um, we have a hope as believers that we are going to see her again. And as I told someone, if we could get to talk to Sister Pearl right now, as much as Damon is missing and hurting, and James is missing and hurting, and Pamela is missing and hurting, and her grandchildren, and her church, and you say, um, Pearl, you want to come back? She's going to look at us and say, are you all crazy? I'm in heaven with Jesus. I ain't coming back down in that filthy world. You know, you all need to come and be where I am. You know, and that's what gives us the, the confidence, the comfort, the assurance to know it was an evil deed, but God is still in control. And even as Damon says, he don't understand. I don't understand either. But we know somewhere in this whole scenario, God allowed it to happen for a purpose. You know, Pearl is missed. That woman with the stop sign. <laughs> with her ambrosia salad. At the ambrosia salad. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> What do you want uh, people to remember your mother? Like, what do you want her legacy to be? I would want her legacy to be about how um, unashamedly she was concerned with the community, other people, children. Um, spreading God's word is what I would say, um, even to me at all times. Okay. <laughs> so look, I'm, the stop I'm part of the stop as well, being her son constant. Okay, so, so I, I'm, I can you know attest for sure that I wanted to be known that she she loved Jesus, she loved giving, she loved being of assist of assistance to others, and participating in God's work is what I would say I would want people to know the most about her, and that she just loved her family and. You know, I struggle, like like um, Sister Whiskey said, I, I struggle all the time with it. But um, because of the way I grew up, I have to believe that she's in a way better place. Um, and I do believe that. And I just don't like the way she went. Okay? That <laughs> makes a lot of sense. It makes perfect um, sense. Uh, she used to tell me a lot. And, I, I you know, it's almost like that's a... It's almost like she was being prophetic. She said, you know, if I poop out one day, Damon, you know, just take care of this or do that. And I'm like, you know, and I, I used to tell her um, a lot. I'm like, Mom, you know, don't talk about that. Mm. And the reason um, I said that is because 
by her energy level, I'm like, you're not about to be going nowhere, okay? Look, I, I know energy people when I see them. And I just, you're just moving around way too much, mom. Just calm down. And so, you know, sometimes I almost feel like she was just having some visions or, I mean, something in her in her own time, like her own, you know, to just continue down that. She used to call it petering out um, a form of death, like somehow. But um, I just didn't never suspect that. Um, you know, I was the one supposed to pick my mom up from Tops that day. Mm. So it goes from um, a call from her to, I don't know if she finished the shopping and stepped outside to call me. And, you know, I just was never never even able to get through that. that it was just over. Like, and, and from that, you know, I was the first family member to be notified. And so once she wasn't answering the phone, my antenna was automatically up, but I was just at least maybe hope, hoping she was just maybe injured, possibly. Um, I've met people that um, at the court cases that just got injured, and, you know, though, even those are life-altering permanently. Um, the manager that got shot, and he's not black. So just to put a full perspective on this, and, I mean, his whole knee is tore up, like, from here down. It's all metal now. Mm. And, you know, yeah, he gave him a pass after, but, I mean, still, he's still never going to walk again, never going to play with his kids and run up and down a basketball court, jog. So, you know, everybody got affected that day. And I just hope for that the city can, like, heal itself. So April 29th. You guys are doing a, a food and soup giveaway uh, on Leroy, uh, 266 Leroy, um, which is a, a lot that's owned by the church. But you guys hope to eventually have a building, um, and that's going to be named the Pearl Young Foundation or? Yes, Pearl Young Pantry, and, pantry. And, mm-hmm. and Soup Kitchen. Mm-hmm. That's what we are hoping for. But I wanted to interject this before we go to April 29th, right? What Damon didn't tell you, she had three children, James, Pam, Damon, right? But their house was always filled with children because their mother decided to be a foster parent. Oh, your mom was a foster parent. <laughs> so you think about this. Think about this woman. Energy. Who, I mean, her okay. energy was oh astronomical. <laughs> You know, so sometimes we are sitting in church and we see her walking and sister put, oh, that's a foster child. But but it's just respite. It's just respite. Now, respite is supposed to be over the weekend, right, mm-hmm. or overnight. Next week is still respite. And the next week is still respite. So she's and, keeping them <laughs> beyond what? So she, church, community, home, school, foster mother, having them living in her home, taking care of them in her home. And some of them were challenging, you know, but she did it. So this can give you a broader perspective of who Pearl Young was, the person who was taken away from her children and her grandchildren and her church and her community. There was a woman who came to one of the the gatherings, and she said that... um, I accepted Christ as my savior because Pearl and Oliver and Pearl Young came out of their house on Glen Glendale. Glendale, invited me into their house and led me to Christ. Mm. So even on her street, they were ministering. 
she would tell me she would sit on the porch because as Damon said, they live close to Canisius. And she would sit on the porch and hire out to the Canisius students. And sometimes <laughs> some would come over and talk to her. And that gave her an opportunity, you know, to, to minister to them. So it was not just a wife and a mother. It was somebody who made her presence felt everywhere she go. You will know Sister Pearl is here. She's a wrong, you know, and because of this, because of her legacy, because of what she has imparted to her children, as I said, it's, it's children that I have known, that I've interacted with. We don't want her name to be forgotten. We just don't want her to be called one of the Jefferson 10. Mm -hmm. She is more than a Jefferson 10. She is Pearl Young. This woman who has impacted so many people. And because Good Samaritan was once um, house on Leroy um, before we went to Cleveland Drive, a number of those properties were bought by the Good Samaritan Church and still owned by the Good Samaritan Church. So we are having this uh, memorial celebration. It's going to be a celebration on that property on April the 29th. We would be out there from about, I think, 11 o'clock. Mm -hmm. We'll be out there from about 11 o'clock. Um, we want to give a big shout out to Top Supermarket. They have come on board. They are going to donate soup, um, everything to go with their soup. And they told us three different types of soup we are getting, <laughs> right? And while I'm here, I'm going to interject. If there's any other place <laughs> out there, who want to donate soup? You know, we 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 are we are willing to accept it. You know, we know that um Olive Garden is on board. They would be giving us soup also. We have reached out to other um, businesses because we want what she did. She was the soup lady, so we are going to give out soup in her name. Tops is gonna be um giving us bags of food stuff in their red tops bag that we'll be giving out to the community. Um, we are hoping that the news channels will be there and everybody will be there and the community will come out. Um, it is on Facebook. Um, anybody run across it, like, share it, because this is the celebration of an awesome woman, an exceptional woman, a woman who has impacted my life, a woman who has embraced me when we met in Good Samaritan on Leroy Avenue, and she befriended me, she was there for me, she was my, my president, you know, and I really, I'm going to do everything in my power with the, the Pearl Young Foundation, Bishop Glenwood H. Young, and the entire foundation, Mr. Allen Harris, Damon, we are going to do everything in our power to keep her memory alive. And again, we are plugging it in there. Anybody else want to donate soup for the 29th? We're going to be on Leroy Avenue, and we are accepting donations. Um, you can get in contact with us. Let us know if you are willing to contribute. We are accepting it. If people want to donate, they, they can contact the church. What's the easiest way for them to? Well, the easiest way, I would have to give my cell phone number. Because, you know, someone is not always at the church to answer the church phone. So they can call me, um, Dr. Marjorie Whiskey, 
3120-3124. But it was an honor. We want to say thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for giving us this space. Thank you for giving us this time, allowing us to reminisce on a woman who has impacted Damon as a mother mm-hmm. and as a spiritual leader, right. um, a woman who impacted my own life. I, I, I really applaud her. I applaud who she was. And her legacy can still live on in all of us. So we thank you today. Thank you for the radio station, for giving us this space and time. And she's not just um, a victim of the Jefferson 10 massacre. She is Pearl Young. We'll be back with more Buffalo What's Next after this. Are you looking for a rewarding career in public media? Visit WNED.org careers to learn more about becoming a part of a talented team dedicated to making a difference in our communities. Employees at Buffalo Toronto Public Media enjoy a variety of outstanding benefits. We are located in downtown Buffalo and we have free parking. We are focused on inclusivity and belonging. Come as you are and apply today. Visit WNED.org careers. Check out the Our Town series produced by WNED PBS, but captured by community members on the Buffalo Toronto Public Media YouTube channel. Ellicottville is a town of variety, not only in what they have to offer, but the people. The Burlington community is uh, becoming increasingly multicultural, and the library is reflecting that. Parks and playgrounds have been what makes the town of Tonawanda a great place to grow up. The series began in 2003, but it's making its debut on YouTube now. Although some of the businesses and people may have changed over the years, the spirit of these wonderful towns remain the same. We just didn't realize what we had in our own backyard. We need the next generation to protect it and carry on. Learn about Jamestown, Burlington, Welland, East Aurora, and more than a dozen other beautiful communities in our region by watching the Our Town series now on YouTube. I, w- I would live there. <laughs> The warrior tradition tells the inspiring, heartbreaking, and largely untold story of Native Americans in the U.S. military. Why would indigenous men and women put their lives on the line for the very government that took their homelands? A lot of people ask, why did you join the white man's war? This is our home. This has always been our home. And part of the commitment to protecting and defending your home led to military service. Hear stories of service and pain, of courage and fear, in the warrior tradition, now streaming on YouTube. This is Buffalo What's Next, where we have conversations with the community about moving forward. To have your voice heard, press the Talk to Us button on the WBFO app, and we'll work to get your questions and comments on the air. Join us on Twitter at WBFO or email us at news at WBFO.org. Together, we'll have the conversations that are needed. This is WBFO, your NPR station. Welcome to Buffalo What's Next. I'm Lorenzo Rodriguez, and I'm here at the Agustin Olivencia Community Center, a Hispanic cultural center on Swan Street near the, the, in, in the west side of Buffalo. Uh, I'm here to speak with Mr. John Sanabria. He's a 
military veteran who served in Vietnam and now remains heavily active within the veteran community of Western New York and specifically the Hispanic veterans population. Uh, we're speaking today, April 13th, about a particular infantry within the U.S. Army known as the Borinqueneers. Many may not know about this group, uh, their story, and, and their local connection. And that's why we wanted to speak to you today, of all days, John. Mr. Sanabria, thank you for joining us today on Buffalo What's Next. Thank you for having me. Now, today is an important day to many servicemen of Hispanic background, such as yourself and some of the others that you work alongside with. Uh, why is that? Today, the honor of the 65th Infantry out of Puerto Rico, the Bocaneers, which was the last segregated uh, uh, division in the United States Army. They were formed in 1898, served in uh, World War I, World War II, Korea, uh, in 2017, uh, President Obama awarded them with the Congressional Gold Medal for all members of the 65th Infantry. We have a monument at Canal Site is dedicated to the 65th Infantry and the Gabriel A. Rodriguez American Legion Post, which I am the commander of the post. We have a ceremony today, and we honor the deceased veterans that their names are down on the floor on our favors. Then we do taps, and today, Congressman Higgins is presenting the Congressional Gold Medal to the Rodriguez family that grew up here in Western New York, that their father was a member of the 65th Infantry. So these members of the 65th Infantry have been recognized by the president with a Congressional Gold Medal. And, and, and then back in 2021, Congress recognized today uh, as a national as National Boating Canneers Day. Uh, you mentioned the military conflicts that they served in. But what are, what are some other distinctions that the group holds? So, and uh, they, uh, they, they performed gallantly in Korea. They have uh, 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 numerous uh, uh, ribbons, uh, uh, 14 uh, Silver Star recipients, 75 Bronze Star recipients, and many other members. WFO showed a program of the 65th Infantry that had a detail of uh, their accomplishment and what they did through the years. That's correct, on our sister station, WNED. Yes. We had that. Mm -hmm. um, so you're a service member, Puerto Rican, and now uh, you assist other vets as the post commander at the American Legion 1928. 1928. That, po that post is named in honor of Gabriel Rodriguez. Gabriel Rodriguez, American Legion post. Yes, uh, he was a Vietnam veteran who uh, suffered from post-traumatic uh, stress disorder, and uh, unfortunately, he passed away. So uh, we named the post after him. Uh, posts have to be named after a deceased veteran. So uh, he's the one that we named the post after. And uh, a lot of the veterans in our post uh, actually knew Gabriel, and we grew up together. Uh, right now, getting back to the 65th Infantry, we still have six six of people locally that are alive that belong to the, that were part of the 65th Infantry. Three of them are in our post. And uh, so we, uh, we always want to remember our people and uh, as uh, American Legionnaires, we uh, always want to uh, remember and honor our, uh, our present and past uh, service people. You mentioned before that there's also a monument at the Naval Military Park near downtown. Yeah, it's, a, it's called a Hispanic American Veterans Memorial. And the Borinqueneers are mainly comprised of Puerto Rican members, but at this memorial, where the event's taking place today, uh, that they, there's 
it honors more than them, correct? The, the, the statue there honors all Hispanic veterans that have served in all the wars. Uh, the, there's, there's a flag, flags are around on that monument. Uh, they've designated every single uh, Hispanic uh, country where, there, where members or people from their country served in either any part of the service from World War II on up. And I believe there's also a current initiative in, uh, in the state uh, Senate, passed, I think, the, the House, now going to the Senate for a commemorative license plate, right? Yes, uh, that was uh, Jonathan Rivera, and uh, from a, who was a assemblyman from this area. He put it. They put a resolution for a, 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 a license plate. It passed uh, the House. Now it's in the Senate. I think the uh, the leader on that in the Senate is uh, is Senator Kennedy, and I believe uh, Senator Ryan. So hopefully we can get that done so we can start seeing our place around here. I don't see why it shouldn't be. So I, I well, I, I, I believe it's only a formality until they right. get when it when it comes up on the agenda, it's going to pass. So your goal is to uh, retain the memory of the voting veneers. You've worked with them firsthand. Um, I, I read that, that, that and, and know that at times they felt a bit ostracized. Uh, but what can you tell me about some of their experiences uh, uh, through their service time? Upon their return back to Puerto Rico or, or the states or, or here in Western New York? Well, the, the ones that we have here, and as most of you know, most veterans don't like to talk about what happened to them and what they did. Uh, in the post, they do. They, they open up more because uh, we're very common with the stuff that we went through in Vietnam, Afghanistan, and different things. So they're able to open up to us. But as far as bringing it out public, they, it's something they don't really do. Now, as uh, people know, the 65th Infantry was the last segregated union in the service, and uh, and they had a they had a they suffered many uh, racial uh, racial problems. You know, they were uh, downgraded, and you know, and another thing is the language. Uh, they the 65th Infantry came directly out of Puerto Rico, and everyone in that everybody in that unit was their basic uh, first language was Spanish, and uh, in front of that. All of their officers that were Americans, so it was very difficult, very difficult to, uh, you know, very difficult for them to, uh, to achieve a lot of uh, goals. If you get a chance, there is a book out, well, uh, for the border veterans, and there also is the, like the, the documentary that shows uh, they talk about the trials and the problems they had uh, as far as color, because uh, as you know. Puerto Ricans are all uh, multicolored. We're, uh, you know, they're uh, they're not all white. They're not all uh, dark black or anything. But at one time, it was an issue. So you go, you can watch the things and uh, you see some of the problems they went through, but they still they serve and they're honored and they serve gallantry. So uh, and uh, we we have to take our hats off to them because uh, those are the people that uh, they they put a footprint for us to follow. Absolutely. I'd say you do a fine job with that. In this area, uh, do you feel that there's a proper respect for these gentlemen and their past service? Are there any obstacles that, that they might be currently facing that we may need to address? No, not really. Thank you. Thanks for the last, I'm going to say the last 10 years. Uh, it's been, a, it's more important now people thanking their, uh, veterans for their service, recognizing them helping them get their, uh, you know, making sure they're uh, remembered, making sure they're honored, making sure they're thanked. And it's been a it's been a blessing to me and uh, some of the comrades in our post because 
years ago we weren't getting recognition and we, we were just looked at uh, differently. But now uh, it seems to have opened up and people are respecting and uh, honoring uh, more veterans today. Well, I, I'm glad that we've been able to shine a light on the Boricaneers on a day such as today, uh, highlight their contributions, their struggles, and best of luck with the event today and, and the license plate. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to potentially share with our audience or perhaps those members of the Hispanic community that in Western New York that, that may have served? Well, no, actually, uh, the camaraderie now, we're, we're, we've been able to, through the post, we've been able to get everybody together, and we're, uh, we got members spanning every war that they had. We're going all the way back to Korea, all the way up to Afghanistan, uh, men and women, and uh, we, our group has become a, have put a, a footprint in the community, making sure our veterans get what they got coming, help them get their benefits. Uh, Christmas and uh, Thanksgiving, we make sure we take them dinners, we make sure their family has everything. And anytime they need anything to get their medals, uh, actually we help them with, actually with the cemeteries also. We have information for them because right now there's a uh, National, Cemetery in Pem National Cemetery in Pembroke and we have applications that we can help them to, to get uh, proper burial in the cemetery and their military honors. Mr. Sanabria, it goes without saying, but uh, I wanted to thank you first and foremost for serving for serving this country, for representing Puerto Rico, Latinos in the armed forces, uh, and thank you for speaking to our audience and providing some knowledge about this unique regimen that, that's being remembered today. If anyone would like to find out any more information about the Boricaneers or, or the Legion, uh, where can they go? Oh, now we do our Memorial Day uh, celebration at Canal Site, Veterans Day celebration at Canal Site. Uh, we do them every year. And uh, you, actually, you can, uh, you know, it's, in the, it's on the website for the Naval Park. That's what they can do to get the book and everything. And there is a website, correct? www.boricaneers.com? Uh, yep. That's B-O-R-I-N-Q-U-E-N-E-E-R-S.com. Mr. Sanabria, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Buffalo What's Next. We'd like to thank our guests, John Sanabria, Damon Young, and Miss Sister Madge Whiskey. If you'd like to participate or attend the Pro Young Food Pantry event, it'll be held April 29th on Leroy Avenue. For more information on how to help or participate, you can reach out to the Good Samaritan Church of God in Christ at 261 Cleveland Drive or call 716-390-3124. This has been Buffalo What's Next. You're listening to WBFO News from Buffalo, Toronto Public Media. WBFO and WBFO HD1, Buffalo. WOLN, Oleon, and WUBJ, Jamestown, your NPR station.